Welcome back to the Movie Babble Podcast. As always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. I'm your host, Colin, and today, continuing the musical chair of guests, is Brennan. Uh, Nick is currently out, but hopefully he'll be back next week. And today we are talking about this week's top five, including How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, and Fighting with My Family, as well as some Oscar predictions and expectations. This week, the top five, uh, taking the number one spot, is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. That's coming in with $55.5 million domestic, followed by Alita Battle Angel in second place with $12 million domestic. The Lego Movie 2, the second part, still holding on to a top five spot at number three with $10 million. And then coming in at number four is Fighting With My Family at $8 million. And number five is rounding out the top five with Isn't It Romantic at 7.5 million domestic. Uh, Most of the movies haven't really shifted a whole lot. Last week, Alita was in the number one spot. The Lego Movie 2 was in the number two spot. Isn't It Romantic was in the third spot. It's now at number five. The only really impressive jump in the chart is Fighting With My Family, which was at 40 last week. But that's because it was only open in three theaters. And so it didn't, sorry, four theaters. So it didn't really have a lot to, uh, to beat for this week. Yeah. And I must say, there you see the top how to train your dragon, the hidden world opens up with 55.5 million, which is a franchise best for the how to to train your dragon uh, films. This is a pretty, pretty promising number for them. I think with the money they've been making uh, overseas uh, combined with how things are looking here domestically, this is definitely going to be a very profitable film for them. They're already at $275 million globally because this movie has been out, um, has been opening up in several markets since January. So you're seeing now, I, I believe it's opening in China uh, this weekend as well as the United States. So you're going to see a lot more money pouring for this film and you'll see it uh, jump up several hundred million uh, of dollars as the weeks go on. Yeah, I think we're going to see, I mean, we've seen a lot with it already. I have no doubt we're going to see a lot more. Um, it doesn't really have any heavy competition that I'm aware of for a while. Wonder Park opens up in a few weeks, but I don't know if that's really going to be on par with this. So I think we're going to see How to Train Your Dragon, if not hanging on to the top five, hanging on to the top ten for sure. Yeah, and I must say it's a really good movie too. It's a pretty fun film. Um, I thought it was a pretty fitting end to the trilogy. Uh, I had a good time with it, so I would definitely urge people to check out the third How to Train Your How to Train Your Dragon film. And yeah, just to confirm that Wonder Park it's it's uh, opening on March fifteenth. So yes, this film definitely does have the animated market for a uh, long time to come. Yeah, so DreamWorks has got another hit with this one. Um, I mean, big, big surprise. It's been a pretty successful franchise so far. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's it's really only competing against the Lego movie right now. Yeah. So it's it's off to a good start. Yeah. Um, coming in a, in second is Alita Battle Angel. This is its second week domestically. And, it, I mean, it had a pretty steep drop-off of 57.9%. Uh, so it's down to $12 million this week. 
and it's still just kind of plugging along overseas. I believe it opened in China this week as well, right? Yeah, it had a pretty strong opening at 65 million in China this weekend. So that definitely, I think that the studio is definitely happy. I think they definitely see a way for this film to make a, a profit now. I think the Japan numbers haven't come in yet, but uh, it, it also opened there this weekend. But China, uh, they got a $65 million opening weekend. So if they can make the money there, um, you know what? I don't know about sequel, but the film might be uh, might have enough money. It might play out like Bumblebee um, and just make enough to maybe have the studio green light it because of its overseas intake. But the $12 million this weekend is slightly disappointing. I mean, a 57.9% drop-off, as you said. It's not the greatest. I think that the studio probably wanted somewhere around 45%. Um, but it, it, it's, it's rough for the movie. I think $100 million domestically might be out of reach at this point. It's going to be tight. They're going to be really chugging to get there but the movie uh, with its uh, money in china it might have enough to make a profit but it's definitely going to be tough for them yeah alita is definitely fighting an uphill battle at this point uh, nick and i talked about it last week but it's it's estimated that it's going to need about 500 million to be within the sequel range just because of how long they had to market it with it being pushed back twice and I mean, just how expensive it is to market in general, but they've put almost a year of marketing into the first trailer at least. And so there's a lot at stake here. I think the China opening was promising enough. Um, it nearly matched the American opening. And once the Japan numbers come in, I think we'll see it bump, but I think it's definitely going to struggle to make it to 500 million. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to play a little bit more of the optimistic card with this film. I think that I, I, I'm going to make the bold prediction here that it will get a sequel. Um, I think that if the studio does green light it, though, they need to cut the budget a little bit from the 170 to 200 that it was sitting at now. I think they need to cut it about 30, 30 40 million dollars, maybe make it a smaller scoped film. I mean, it's such a grand universe that this movie takes place in, but I think that if they do do a sequel, they need to be a little bit smarter, a little bit more cautious with their money. But I will be optimistic. I think that. It will make enough money overseas. I think it's really going to be, it's going to be close, but this $12 million second weekend is, it's not very promising for them domestically. Yeah, I think if it follows kind of like Bumblebee's path, then it'll be one of those movies that, you know, a sequel is feasible, but it definitely have to be kind of stripped down budget wise and reevaluating how can you make this movie and make it look and feel the same, but not necessarily be as expensive and over the top. Yeah. hundred percent. Definitely. Um, it, and third place this weekend, we had a Lego movie, uh, two, the second part, um, dropped down to 10 million, as you said, in its, uh, third weekend. So that's a 51.9% drop for them. Um, they have a $99 million budget or so. They're up to $83 million now domestically. I think that this movie uh, and the Lego franchise in general, the Lego movie franchise in general, is is very worried at this point. Would you uh, agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. I think the Lego franchise is kind of in a similar boat to Alita right now, as in, you know, this is making money, but not necessarily making enough money to justify the production budget. Right. And so I think it's one thing where, you know, these movies have been a hit in the past, 
I think it's something the studio is just going to have to evaluate. How can we either bring people back or how can we make this cheaper and take advantage of the audience that is coming back and, you know, may not be as explosive and, and large of a profit, but I think there's still profit to be made if they can figure out the, the right uh, formula for these movies going forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that the biggest, um, failure for them has been the overseas market. I mean, only $53 million so far. That's their intake uh, to their overall box office revenue from overseas markets, which is pretty uh, pretty disappointing seeing as the Lego movie, the uh, first one there, made $211 million overseas. Uh, ba- Lego Batman movie made $136 million overseas, and this is just sitting at $53 million. That's not going to get you uh, success. They need they they needed a lot more with this movie, and I think that a lot of the pundits really um, really guessed wrong with this movie, including myself. I thought this was definitely going to be a February hit. I didn't think it would see um, maybe the fatigue that it is. I thought it was going to play out a lot more like the Lego Batman movie. Um, this is it, it's definitely disappointing, and I had hopes maybe after the first weekend that they'd bounce back. But $136 million worldwide, they marketed the film pretty hard, so they're probably going to need a lot more than that to make good money back. It, it's, it's definitely a uh, tough path ahead for this film. Yeah, and you know, even China would be kind of your last bet. It's already opened in China um, kind of dismally, same as it did overseas, or not overseas, but uh, domestically. And I'm kind of in the same boat with you. You know, I I didn't expect this to be as big as the first movie, mm-hmm. but I thought it would fare pretty much as well as, as Lego Batman. Certainly much better than Lego Ninjago, yeah. uh, which is unfortunately the only movie it's managing to outpace right now in the franchise. Yeah. But yeah, um, it, it is something that will definitely need to be reevaluated by Lego and by Warner Brothers Animation going forward. Yeah, 100%. I think that they definitely need to restructure their um entire uh plan going forward with uh, their animation studios i think that this film it, it's a good film too uh, don't get me wrong but it's just it's it's disappointing numbers disappointing returns um overall so i think that seeing another lego movie would you do you think that you will see another lego movie to the scale of this one or do you think it'll be more of those direct to dvds or maybe netflix lego movies what do you think i wouldn't be surprised if they went more of the netflix route and yeah. i think a way they can save on budget is is not necessarily having so large of a cast. Maybe if it was more of a scaled-down version, um, mm-hmm. you could focus a little bit more on the interaction with the real world. And so in the second one, there was uh, quite a bit more runtime dedicated to the real-world segments, yeah. which I have to imagine is much cheaper than animating the Legos. For sure. And so I, th- I think if they can strike kind of a balance between that, I think movies could work going forward. Just with a reduced budget, I think Netflix is a big possibility uh, because then it could shift into maybe even more of a TV show kind of thing. So you do like a little limited series or even a mini series. So I think there's definitely a future there because they have had success with it in the past. They know that there is a desire for these movies. I just think they're having a hard time sticking that desire and really funneling it to the to the right crowds at this point. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And I, I know inflation is a big part of it. Um, but the first film, only five years ago, had a budget of just $60 million. I think mm-hmm. if this film had a similar budget to that, we wouldn't be as um, 
as uh, dismissive of uh, this film's returns and how maybe it plays out for the future of the franchise. Because on a $60 million budget, they definitely would have been probably getting to the point where they're almost breaking even at this point, uh, including marketing. Whereas now with a, a $99 million budget plus marketing, it's definitely a huge uphill battle for the Lego movie. And it just... It, it, it bums me out because you're seeing a pretty weak January and February so far. I mean, I know this year uh, down the road is going to be huge, especially with all the major Disney releases. But mm-hmm. uh, early on, it's been a pretty lackluster year at the box office. Yeah, and I th- I have to wonder how much of the Lego movie's budget also went to Chris Pratt this time around. Because you think about where he is now compared to where he was when the first Lego movie came out. Um, I mean, it was his first large movie role he had guardians of the galaxy later that year and then he had jurassic world the following year and so he's just kind of been on an uphill climb since then but when he would have been cast for this movie he was still just the chubby guy from parks and rec Mm -hmm. and so i imagine he carries a much larger price tag especially voicing two roles in this one so i wonder if you know even the franchise's future means stepping away from him a little bit and going with some smaller uh, lesser known stars or you know just people that are aren't hollywood's top leading men and women at the at this point in time yeah i definitely think that's a possibility i mean with an animated movie you don't always need a listers um i know a lot of animated movies always feature a listers uh, almost all the time but i think that they could definitely go that route that you're saying take someone who's not maybe uh such heavy or such a, such a large price tag in Hollywood and go with someone who's a little bit more of a smart, smarter financial option and they can maybe bounce back down the road. But this is definitely, it's definitely uh, tough to see. And yeah, with Chris Pratt, you're right there. He's since the first Lego movies, there's been two guardians of galaxy movies. He's been in infinity war, uh, two Jurassic world films. He's really become one of Hollywood's biggest stars. I'd say over the past five years. Um, so I mean, he probably did carry a much bigger price tag this time around. Yeah, and even Elizabeth Banks has seen a lot of success since then. Um, not necessarily with a lot of the the side characters, but those two leads especially are much more in demand than they would have been in 2014. Yeah, 100%. Um, we'll move into number four for the weekend. It was uh, Fighting With My Family, which made $8 million. It... Uh, as Colin said there last weekend, it was just in four theaters. It had a limited release. Uh, this weekend, it gets expanded to 2,700 theaters. Um, it jumped up uh, 5,673%. So there you are, fighting with my family. Number four, uh, $8 million. What do you make of that? I think it's a pretty promising release for it. And I mean, it's certainly a lot larger than last week, as you said. <laughs> yeah. Um, but considering it's you know, it's not meant to be a blockbuster. It's not really a blockbuster time of year. Um, and it's only coming in on an estimated um, $11 million budget, which is pretty conservative. And with it making, you know, a little over $8 million this week, I have no doubt that it'll be able to recoup that a lot. I know Dwayne Johnson has been promoting this movie for ever since it was announced, pretty much. Um, he's producing it. He's heavily involved within it. Within it. He has a role in the movie, and so I think on his steam alone, this movie will carry on, let alone the – I mean, I've, I've heard nothing but positive reviews of this movie. Um, everyone that I know that's seen it has really enjoyed it. All the critics seem to really enjoy it, and so I think this movie will it, not necessarily stick to the top five for an incredibly long time, 
but I think it'll make up its budget and make a nice little profit. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, that's definitely the route it's going to take. I mean, it's had some great reviews as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing this film. I got to see How to Train Your Dragon uh, 3 this weekend, but I didn't get to see Fighting with my family. Um, I'm going to try to see it as soon as I can just because of all the uh, great great uh, reviews it's been getting and people have been really praising this film and, and it, it, it did pretty solid for the uh, budget that it posted. So I definitely think Fighting with my family is going to make, uh, make its money. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing kind of how that plays out in the next few weeks. And as you said, yes, Dwayne Johnson, he's a pretty... He's a pretty big, uh, big guy in Hollywood. Let's uh, <laughs> not mistake that. So he's, uh, he's definitely big for this film um, as a producer and promoting this film on his uh, widely followed social medias. Um, I definitely see no, no downside with fighting with my family. I see that this film really making a good amount of money going forward and enough, uh, enough of a profit that the studio will be happy. Yeah, I don't think they're worried about this one at all. I think the results are pretty pleasing, uh, even so far. And I think down the road, they'll be perfectly happy with it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, number five, uh, you get to move into number five this weekend. Um, isn't it romantic? Uh, $7.5 million in its second weekend. It's up to $33 million for its uh, total gross. So that was a 47% drop from last weekend. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe last week Nick said this is going to Netflix pretty soon. Yes, I believe, actually, might be after next week. Yeah. Um, and I, I know internationally, it's already released on Netflix. And in the U.S., it's got a very quick turnaround. Um, and I'm actually going to look and see if I can find that. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen this movie yet. No, neither have I. I'm probably going to wait till it uh, drops on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I know Nick saw it. He said it's a perfectly enjoyable movie. You know, nothing that we'll still be talking about years from now, but something that is just, you know, a nice date night movie, something to throw on the couch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, $7.5 million for your second weekend for a film like this, that's pretty respectable, up to $33 million overall. It probably didn't have that large of a budget, and plus uh, factoring in what Netflix paid to get this film. I think this is definitely... Um, for Warner Brothers, a very, very profitable film, a smart choice. And I think it's definitely um, their bright spot of the week. Uh, Lego Movie 2 is definitely not that for Warner Brothers, but <laughs> this, is, this is definitely something that they can be, be happy about. Yeah, and I, I think it's made a nice, nice profit. You know, again, it's not supposed to be a huge blockbuster, but it'll, it'll uh, fill Warner Brothers' pockets a little bit, help yeah. them help yeah. distract them from some of the losses they've faced with the Lego movie two so far. Yeah. A hundred percent. So that's a, that's a pretty decent top five uh, for this weekend. I mean, how to train your dragon three really did power the weekend box office. Um, we know though this weekend movie lovers are thinking about uh, something else and that is the Oscars. So that is tonight. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, got any, got any guesses for tonight? I have some fears for tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, what do you got? So, I mean, talking about the big one, we'll, we'll just start with that. But yeah. best picture, there really aren't many of the movies in this year's best picture nominees that have wowed me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Black Klansman, A Star is Born, The Favorite, Roma are all really, really great films. 
Um, but I see, you know, just a lot of like middle of the road stuff like Vice, Green Book. Um, if Bohemian Rhapsody wins, I'm never watching a movie ever again. Like it, I, if that movie wins, I will lose all faith in, in every movie goer. And then, you know, Black Panther, I think is going to be the hot topic, whether it wins or whether it doesn't win. I think, you know, the Academy announced earlier last year that they're going to start doing a popular category. And I've, when that was shot down, I, I feel like a lot of those movies that would have won popular, um, kind of like Bohemian and Black Panther, were merged into Best Picture so that yeah. they could still get some recognition. Yeah. And so, I mean, it is a tremendous feat for Black Panther. Um, I mean, I love the movie. Very happy with it. Very happy for Ryan Coogler and Chadwick Boseman and everyone involved. But I just don't know if it is Best Picture material. Yeah, and I think the fear for them tonight is that they might not win a single award. I mean, I look, um, they got seven nominations, which is very, very impressive. Um, but I look kind of up and down the board here, and I don't know. I think costume design is one that Black Panther definitely uh, has a good shot at winning. Um, I think if you look at uh, sound editing and um, you look at sound mixing, Black Panther might take uh, wins there. But I don't, I, I could definitely see a scenario where Black Panther goes over seven tonight. Which, I mean, it would be disappointing, but um, seven nominations is pretty good for um, a Marvel film. And I think it's, it's definitely kind of breaking the superhero stigma. Uh, so I think that's, that's a, that's, it's a proud moment, definitely, for uh, fans of uh, cinema. Yeah, I think it's definitely a, a thing to take note of, and it's very exciting. I know, especially with The Dark Knight, um, 10 years ago at the Academy Awards, with Logan, with Wonder Woman, there's been a larger and larger push to get some of these uh, quote, more Oscar-worthy movies recognized. And so I, I am glad to see Black Panther among the nominees. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I hope we see not only just more superhero films that get this kind of recognition, but more complex and more deserving films like Black Panther that are put out instead of, you know, stuff like the 2015 Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, Just... Yeah, I think uh, one thing about these best pictures, a lot of people are saying it's a, it, it's definitely a weird group. I mean, you look at these eight nominees, and it, it's it's a, it's an unexpected group. But I kind of dig it personally. I think that um, it's a good diverse amount of options. It doesn't always have to be the small indie film that gets nominated. I, I don't get me wrong; I love all types of films. But I think it's 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 nice to see a representation across the board here. Um, and I think. Uh, there's, there's a lot of films here that are deserving of the award this year. I, in my personal opinion, I don't think it's, um, I don't have a clear favorite. I mean, I, I'm edging towards personally the favorite just because I truly enjoyed that film. Uh, one of my favorites of the year, but there are a few films on here that I wouldn't be disappointed if they won. Um, all in all though, I, it's tough to make a prediction, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Roma as the safe bet tonight for best picture. Yeah, I think Roma has a really good shot. Uh, personally, I would love to see Black Klansman take Best Picture. I don't know if it will. I think it kind of has the social climate, too. There was a lot of upset last year with Get Out not being taken as seriously in the Best Picture category. Uh, and I mean, Get Out did have yeah. really heavy competition. Um, but I think there's a, been a, a much larger shift towards socially relevant films. And so, I mean, you look at Vice, you look at Black Klansman, Black Panther, um, even Green Book, though 
I know myself and not many people would agree it's really socially relevant, mm. but still kind of has a social message. Um, and so I think we're, I think there's a better shot for black Klansmen than there would have been for something like get out last year or in years past. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, it's, it's a pretty solid film. I think adapted screenplay is the one that black Klansman is, is, um, I, I would predict, I put my money on black Klansman for adapted screenplay. If it uh, does take home one of the major awards there. Um, I was kind of surprised that, uh, um, John David Washington didn't get a, nomination uh for that film but i mean you have some pretty strong uh best actor nominees in my in my personal opinion i don't know what you think but yeah i think honestly i think best actor could be a very divisive position this time or a very divisive award i think christian bale i mean obviously he did you know a huge weight transformation um, as he tends to do with his roles gained at least 60 pounds i think it was a little bit over that uh, to play Dick Cheney. Yeah. Uh, you have Bradley Cooper, who not only was s- starring in this movie, but having to direct himself while starring in this movie. Uh, Willem Dafoe, Rami Malek, who, I mean, is probably the most recognized for this right now because Bohemian Rhapsody is, I, I believe it's 11th or 12th highest grossing film of last year. And so it is the most widely seen. And so I think he's got a lot of the popular vote. And then Viggo Mortensen, um, no stranger to to the Academy Awards himself, is coming in for Green Book. Personally, I'd say it's probably going to go down to Christian Bale, just because the Academy really tends to reward physical transformations, mm-hmm. um, which I, I don't really know what their obsession with that is. But when someone goes through a really drastic physical transformation, that typically gives them a little bit of an edge. Personally, I think he did a really good job with the role. I, I don't necessarily think it was the best written, um, but I think he did a terrific job with it. He also has the same birthday as Dick Cheney, so I don't know if that you know oh, really wow. plays into best actor. <laughs> good. That's a good fun fact. But, but I mean, it could. I think Bradley Cooper did a uh, terrific job, although I don't really like Bohemian Rhapsody. I think Remy Malek did a good job. Same thing with Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. And then I haven't seen At Eternity's Gate with Willem Dafoe, but uh, growing up with the original Spider-Man films, uh, I'm a huge Willem Dafoe fan. So yeah, 100%. I'll support him 100%. Yeah, I'll uh, agree with you there. I wouldn't be disappointed if any of these five individuals won, but I mean, I'm, I really enjoyed Christian Bale's performance in Vice, uh, not just the way transformation, but just his mannerisms. If you ever watch a Dick Cheney speech or interview, that he, he literally became him. And uh, he did a pretty good job in the role, as he always does. And Bradley Cooper, I mean, I think he really uh, shined in A Star is Born. That was um, uh, somewhat of a career-defining moment for him, in my opinion. And Remy Malek, I mean, um, the movie has made $860 million. Uh, he's, he was, like, what, I think the third actor uh, in this role. I know it was Sasha Baron Cohen originally. Um, I don't know uh, if there's anyone in between. I'm not 100% sure, but I know that he... Uh, took the spot later on, but he definitely owned it. I, I'll give him credit there. Uh, Remy Malik, I think, did a terrific job. It, it, and for me, it was more than an impression. I mean, a lot of people are uh, saying that it was just uh, an impression of Freddie Mercury, which it is because he's playing the role. But I think that he also brought a little bit to the role as well. I was pretty floored by what he could do in that film. Um, but for me tonight, I think that I agree with you. Uh, Christian Bale, definitely. Uh, 
I, I'm leaning towards him, but I, I could definitely see Remy Malik winning. Um, but I, I wouldn't be disappointed with any of the five. Yeah, and I, I think that's where I stand kind of differently on this than I would from Best Picture is, you know, I wouldn't be upset or I wouldn't think that anybody was slighted if any one of these five people walked away with the award tonight. Yeah. I also wanted to point out animated features. So you got The Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, you know, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the obvious choice. Um, it's been winning at several uh, other award shows, sweeping the board. But I personally, I would pick it to win. But I see a scenario where Isle of Dogs win, wins. It's been in my head for, for weeks. Um, I was a fan of that film. I liked Into the Spider-Verse more. It was my second favorite film of last year. Um, but I do see a scenario where Isle of Dogs wins. Do you think I'm crazy or do you, do you see that as well? No, I, I don't agree but i definitely see where you're coming from i mean yeah. isle of dogs has also been out the longest um it came out last march or yeah. last april i believe yeah and so it certainly had a lot more time to pick up steam get more word of mouth um especially among the people in hollywood uh now personally i'm on the the spider-verse train <laughs> no i agree been, me too yeah they've they've been cleaning up most of the awards they've been nominated for so far i think they really have the cinematography of the film uh, which you know, it was a little different in an animated feature, how you judge that, but uh, the design of it, just the style, I think Spider-Verse has a lot more of these X factors going towards it. Um, and I, I think where Isle of Dogs could be hurt and is just because it is in a bit of a different medium, you know, being stop motion. And it yep. is very much a Wes Anderson film, whereas yep. none of these other movies really have a name attached to it. So, I mean, that could help or hurt Isle of Dogs, but I think it just makes it stand apart a little bit regardless, whether that's yeah. good or bad. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for Spider-Verse, though, and I do hope it wins. Um, I think there, there's some pretty good nominees here, though. I did enjoy Incredibles 2 uh, quite a bit. I thought Ralph Breaks the Internet was a pretty solid film as well. Never saw Mirai. It'd be nice to see that, but I never saw it. And I did like Isle of Dogs, but I do hope uh, Spider-Verse wins. It'd be great to see a Spider-Man movie winning an Oscar. That'd be, a, that'd be a pretty cool thing to say. And I think tonight we could, we could see that. Yeah. And I mean, kind of the same boat. I've seen all four of these or four of these, except for Mirai. Um, but yeah, I thought Incredibles 2 is great. I remember going to see the first one when I was, you know, I would have been seven or eight years old. Loved yeah. it. Saw the second one this summer. Loved it again. <laughs> um, Isle of Dogs, really enjoyable. Ralph Breaks the Internet. I've never been a huge fan of Wreck-It Ralph, but again, it's just a bunch of Disney kind of throwing your face. And yeah. as a huge Disney fan, I enjoyed it anyways. Yeah, I thought the animation was terrific in that film. It looked great. Mm -hmm. um, um, one more to touch on. Yep. Since we touched on Best Actor, uh, I might talk about Best Actress in a leading role as well. Yeah, I was definitely going to point towards that. That's going to be an interesting one tonight. Yeah, I think this one could be pretty divisive, pretty heated as well. Yeah, I think this could, I think, I mean, best picture is always, I mean, people are going to be mad no matter what. It's just the nature of an award ceremony and especially one this, this uh, large. Um, so people will get mad no matter what. But I do think uh, the actress in leading role is probably, probably this, probably the second most controversial uh, this year. I think that best picture is definitely number one as it, usually always is but i think best actress is one that could 
it it could be could be pretty interesting depending on uh, the result. I mean, you know the Glenn Close talk, uh, never won one before. Um, could it be her first? Um, Lady Gaga, uh, Olivia Coleman, I thought was great. I mean, I wouldn't be uh, disappointed if she won. Uh, Melissa McCarthy getting nominated is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty big for her, especially since she just won the uh, Razzie uh, two nights ago for Worst Actress of the Year. <laughs> yes. So, and then actually, uh, uh, Yelitsa Aparicio getting nominated even uh, for Roma. I that came out of, I mean, she she definitely gave a great performance, and I think it was her first film, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, or first with a kind of a professional director like Alfonso Cuarón, but. Um, that was a very surprise nomination for me uh, when that happened. Yeah, certainly a surprise. I mean, I think she's very deserving of it. Um, and I think my personal favorite here is probably Olivia Coleman. So she she used to be on a British uh, comedy called Peep Show, mm-hmm. which so I'd really only ever seen her in this really over the top, ridiculous you know, very, very British comedy. And then going and seeing her in um, the Orient Express, Orient Express last year um, kind of gave me a different perspective of her range and what she could do. And then in The Favorite, she just blew me away. Um, yeah. She did a terrific job of balancing that really kind of obscure comedic style of the film while also bringing a lot to the dramatic sense of, of playing Queen Anne. And I think Lady Gaga is also going to be one that's going to get a lot of attention, whether she wins or loses. Is this is her first leading role? Um, I know there's been a lot of criticism about the fact that she's kind of playing her own life story, which you can take that out of their way. I think she did a really good job with the material, especially not being, you know, a formal actor before. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah she so- um, she definitely surprised me in this film. Uh, when I saw it, I thought she did a great job. Um, she just seems so comfortable uh, in the role. I think that her and Bradley Cooper, I think that was that was the biggest part. Uh, great chemistry there. I think that's what really drove her to ga- give such a good performance. Um, I think it's tough to say, but I, th- um, I don't know really. This is this is a tough one. But Glenn Close seems to be the one that everyone's uh, guessing. Um, I don't. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I'd be happy to see Olivia Coleman win because I thought she did terrific in The Favourite. I mean, The Favourite is really an actor. I mean, it's a beautiful film overall, technical uh, aspects as well, and from a screenplay standpoint. But the main actresses in this film, her, Rachel Weisz, and uh, Emma Stone, they, that is their movie. They own that film, and they drive that film. And I thought she did a terrific uh, job in the leading role in The Favourite. But you know what? I, I don't know if I want to want to make a prediction here i think glenn close might be the safe bet um but i could definitely see it going to lady gaga i think olivia coleman's a little bit of a sleeper um i don't think most mccarthy or uh elitza aparicio have a chance at this point uh what do you think yeah i think roma's either going to win a lot or it's pretty much going to be overlooked and just kind of win foreign film um, you know, it is an oddity that it's nominated for both Best Picture and for for foreign film. So, I, you know, I I think it's going to win something or it's going to win nothing. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, it, it does have 10 nominations, which is tied with the favorite for the most this year. 
I think cinematography and foreign film are the ones you can probably give it a lock for. Um, it seems like the safe bet for best picture, but who knows? Things could things could definitely go um, any which way. We 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 don't know yet. But I mean, we'll see early on when the uh, first awards start to get unveiled, kind of how it's doing, and we'll, maybe we can guess from there. But I, I think that definitely at the end of the night, Roma, as you said, it could just get the foreign uh, language and then get overlooked, or just win a ton of awards. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, mostly it here. I mean, visual effects is always a fun one to talk about, in my personal opinion. Um, I've heard a lot of people saying First Man's one that they would pick just because you don't know what's practical and what's uh, uh, CGI. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty cool way to look at it. Um, I think, obviously, Infinity War and uh, Solo, Ready Player One, it's all kind of just thrown in your face. Um, visual effects. Um, for me, this has always been my favorite award every year just because I like I love sci-fi films, uh, personally. And uh, I, I think this year, I think Infinity War's got to win this award this year. I mean, just one nomination for it, and that's this one. I think that it does win this award tonight. What do you think? Yeah, I would say Solo and Ready Player One are probably not going to walk away with it for mm-hmm. sure. Like if I if I had to bet money on it, I think Ready Player One had a lot of visuals, but it didn't necessarily have the greatest and most refined visuals. Um, you know, the, there was just so much on screen that not all of it was really up to par with with everything else. Uh, Solo, kind of the same thing. You know, I mean the whatever your thoughts on the movie are there's been a lot of flack associated with solo i don't think its visuals were all that impressive especially compared to like the last jedi or rogue one um from the the past two years before um but on the other hand i think christopher robin surprisingly had really good visuals with all of the hundred acre wood characters yeah they were good Uh, yeah i mean winnie the pooh looked like an actual stuffed animal same thing with with piglet and and tigger you know it, it was a there weren't a lot of visuals in the movie, but the visuals that were computer animated were done very, very well. And same thing with First Man, I think, as you said, has the advantage because it's hard to distinguish what's real, what was you know made on a computer. But I think Infinity War is so big and so recognized mm-hmm. for specifically its detail on Thanos that I feel like the Infinity Gauntlet is, is going to shift in that direction. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's 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 going to be another visual effects is going to be another stone for Thanos to stick on the gauntlet. Is yep. the pun yep. I'm trying to make? <laughs> yep, there you go. Um, just wanted to touch on uh, lastly here the actress and actor in supporting role. Do you think Mahershala Ali and uh, Regina King have these awards locked, or do you think that there's an opening for someone else to maybe sneak in there and win it? What do you think? I'd say Regina King probably would i'd say her biggest competition is going to be emma stone and rachel wise Mm -hmm. um but as far as actor i'd honestly say that i don't think mahershala ali has it at all okay Uh, and i think a lot of that plays into kind of the green book is a very okay movie um you know it made Mm -hmm. a decent profit but nobody people like it but nobody really loves it over the top i mean i've heard a lot of praise for the film is you know it was an enjoyable two hours but not just a ton towards the actors themselves uh personally i think this is really going to be heavily between 
Sam Elliott, Adam Driver, and Sam Rockwell, um, which, you know, I, I don't expect Vice to walk away with a lot. I think Christian Bale has a good shot at Best Actor. I think Sam Rockwell did a terrific job uh, becoming George W. Bush. Uh, specifically, if I had to pick, it'd probably go to Adam Driver or Sam Elliott. Um, I just think Adam Driver did a great job playing Flip and, and Ron Stallworth uh, in Black Landsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Elliott did a terrific job playing um, Jackson's older brother in A Star is Born. Um, and this is his first nomination, I believe, after yep. a pretty long and illustrious career. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him take it home really because of how long he's been in Hollywood active and just how much of, you know, skill and mastery he brought to the role. Yeah. You know what? I, I, if I had to pick my personal favorite performance out of these five, I like Adam driver in a uh, black Klansman. I thought he really did a terrific job uh, in, in a sporting role, but you know what? I, I, I think it is pretty much locked from Herschel Ali. I, I, I don't hundred percent agree. Um, but I can see definitely some other scenarios where, uh, maybe Sam Elliott, maybe Adam Driver. I think Richard E. Grant's a sleeper. I think that's that's someone who uh, he he's not the favorite to win this award, but that's someone who I think uh, might be able to snag it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I would agree in the uh, actress in a sporting role position. I think Regina King is the favorite, mm-hmm. um, but I think the favorite actresses um, from the favorite Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. I think they are two that could could nab that from Regina King, but. I think that these are these are two awards that um, are more locked uh, for Ali and King, but you know what? N- nothing certain, and uh, we'll see tonight. Yeah, I, touching on uh, Mahershala Ali. So my, I think the biggest uh, negative or detraction I could see for his role is because he played Don Shirley in Green yep. Book, and Don Shirley's family and estate have really disputed a lot of his character in the movie. And so I think that's kind of working against him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with his performance in the movie, but I think it's his performance has been attacked a lot by the family and the estate and, and just the film in general for it not being very credible as to what actually happened. No, yeah, 100 percent. I definitely agree that that's probably the biggest attraction from his uh, from his chances of winning um, that controversy there. Um, so I, I definitely can agree with you on that. I, I, yeah, I definitely can see the scenario where he doesn't win. Just, I'm not going to say just because of that. Everyone else uh, on this list gave great performances, but that's definitely something that uh, does detract from his chances. So, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up the Oscars and yep. pretty much wraps up the podcast for today. So. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Movie Babble Podcast. Again, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. I've been Colin. My other host was Brennan. And feel free to join us next week as we talk about some Oscar recap, as well as the opening films, A Medea Family Funeral, and Greta. Greta.